marketers are not data scientists, right? Like we should not be asking them to write SQL queries and you know these XMLs. It just doesn't make any sense. A lot of the tools on the market is asking them to do this. It's just not productive for anybody. We wanted to everything, no code, basically point and click. What we've just done is we've just unlocked one person's creativity, right? Like they can just go in and they can just generate dozens of segments on their own without any help, without any person sort of having to wait around and sort of giving answers back from SQL because that's what kills productivity. It's like, oh, I have this question. I have to wait for someone else to give me some results from the database using SQL. And then I forget, I move on to something else. And then this thing never gets built. Hello and welcome to the DSC Podcast. I'm Eric Dick and today I am here with Tran Wu, the VP for Marketing and E-Commerce at True Botanicals, as well as John Chow, CEO and co-founder of Tressel. I want to welcome you both to the podcast. And Tran, I wanted to start with you. I was just kind of um, scoping your LinkedIn. I see you're an ex-Googler, which is awesome. And I see it's been, you've been two years at True Botanicals. One of your statements in LinkedIn was just sort of that you really helped kind of turn around a bit of a stagnating brand at the time. Can you talk a little bit about your journey at True Botanicals and sort of what perspective you brought from Google to, to help turn things around? Yeah, absolutely. So True Botanicals, first off, is a luxury uh, eco-luxury direct-to-consumer brand. We've been around since 2016. I oversee digital products, subscriptions, and retention at True Botanicals. And prior to True Botanicals, I spent six years working in product marketing at Google, overseeing search ads, display ads, and YouTube Kids. So uh, awesome experience working at both a large and a small company. I'd say True Botanicals has been through an incredible journey. Um, when I first joined in August 2020, the business was stagnating. But thanks to our, our incredible team, we helped turn around True Botanicals into the, one of the fastest growing luxury brands in America, which is amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, it, it, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of work, I'll say that. But it's been truly, truly um, fulfilling. And I'd say when I first joined, the, the brand was in need of a major brand refresh. It felt very old, very mature. And so uh, the company brought in an entirely new leadership team, some of the best experts from the beauty industry, including my boss, the CMO, Rebecca Boston. She helped Rihanna launch her beauty brand, Fenty Beauty, which completely disrupted the beauty business. Our CEO, Sandy Saputo, uh, Serena Godin, she's a veteran when it comes to building beauty products. And so I would say that we changed everything except for the ingredients. We changed up the team, the marketing, the brand DNA, the target audience, the packaging, everything. And it was so freaking hard, but it all paid off because we went through tremendous business transformation. Uh, we turned around the business. We grew active subscribers by 4X. Um, we launched a brand new subscription line. It was amazing. And then to your point, Eric, Newsweek recently named True Botanicals as one of the fastest growing online shops in America in 2022. Um, and Google also named True Botanicals as a rising beauty brand. So it's it's been phenomenal. Very cool. And, you know, I'm always interested to talk with ex-Googlers, uh, you know, with that kind of experience. What perspective that you developed at Google um, specifically around data, I would say, allowed you to really get your hands in, in at True Botanical and make some some changes that drove positive growth. Yeah, 
I would say that working at Google has given me a consumer first perspective. There's a saying that we have in the marketing org, know the user, know the magic and connect the two. And so when I came to True Botanicals, I brought that mantra over where I wanted to be completely data driven, but also use the data to tell really amazing stories. I have a, I have a saying as well. I love to translate science into art. Eric, have you ever have you ever been cloud watching and you're like watching the clouds and you're like, what what is that cloud? Is it a dog? Is it is it an ice cream cone? What is that? All the time. I was just on vacation. I was just doing that. Okay, great. Well, the way that I approach data is, is with a childlike curiosity. Like you have to have an imagination, and I look at everything with a sense of wonder. And so, like we like to look at data as as sort of like what is the story that we're trying to tell with data. And so that's where Tressel and John Chow comes in. When I came to True Botanicals, I knew that we need to have we needed to put data science at the forefront to help inform our marketing strategy, to help inform our brand DNA refresh, the types of celebrity partnerships that we would have, and so forth. So it's been an incredible journey with Tressel. And how many products does True Botanicals have? I imagine that's part of it as well, like the number of SKUs. Yeah, we have um, about 30, 30 SKUs. Um, and our, our hero SKUs are our pure radiance oils, which are amazing for your skin. We have to get you some skincare, Eric. Yes, I need it. Um, and we focus on pure radiance oils, moisturizers, and anti-aging serums. I'm interested in the story of, of how Trestle was used and, and where it fits in the ecosystem of other products, essentially. Maybe, John, you could jump in here. Like, what's the difference between like a CRM and a CDP and where does Trestle fit in, in that ecosystem? Well, the one thing that Tran didn't mention is that she wished she brought the entire decision support team from Google with her. Yeah, <laughs> to that is correct. <laughs> All the... Um, all the large technologies where I come from, like, I mean, LinkedIn, Google, um, <clears throat> our marketers had amazing support from our data teams, right? And so there was like a thousand people doing, you know, data at LinkedIn, probably like 10 times that at Google, right? And so at this point, um, some of the things that we were doing day to day was creating like an online marketing segmentation table for our marketing and sales teams, right? And that essentially boils down to putting everything we learned about our users and members into a big table with like a bunch of metrics like behavioral, first party data, anything they do on the site and anything that marketers can throw at us with questions, we can turn it into basically like updates to that table into data models and things like that. And so every time they ask to run a campaign, you know, with some crazy parameters, we would try to come back with like a stack rank of lists uh, of users that would mostly convert, right? And that's really why um, we wanted to start to build segments. And to come back to your question around like the CRM, CDP, and e-commerce, what we saw was a huge opportunity where there's a, a segment of the market that is tremendously underserved by the traditional sort of enterprise um, big platforms, right? Like Shopify has en enabled a new wave of entrepreneurs and DVC brands and retail and online that like never before. But it also has... You know, it allows you to scale within 30 minutes you can sell online, but also that means you don't necessarily need to have in-house data science teams or engineering teams. And that is a huge barrier uh, for a lot of the things that we want to do with the CRM or with the, with the CDP. And so I tend to like to think that, you know, there needs to be a new type of service like Trestle Segments that is like the best of both worlds, right? Powerful like a CDP, but approachable like an app. And really allows you to tell stories with the data. 
Exactly, yep. To piggyback, John, off of what you were saying, I completely agree with you. Working at such a large company like Google, you have in-house data scientists, you have PhDs in behavioral sciences, you have literally everything at your disposal. But when you come to a direct-to-consumer brand, you have to be um, a lot scrappier, you have to hustle, you don't have as much resources at hand. So what I love about Trestle is that you democratize data science for much smaller brands and you make it so much easier. Tran, can you give me some examples of like when, once you got your hands on the tool, once you got Trestle kind of integrated, what kind of learnings were you generating that kind of helped you move the needle? Oh my God, there are so many. So um, to back up just a little bit, before we, we discovered Trestle, we had such a complex system. We had Snowflake, Fivetran, um, so many different platforms. And then on top of that, to power those platforms, you need a data scientist, you need a data architecture engineer, and we just didn't have those resources. And so when we found Trestle, we were like, oh my God, we're, we're, we thank our lucky stars that we have this in one place. And we were really using it to look at things like cohort analysis, repeat rates, understanding what products have high customer lifetime value, because then it would inform our merchandising strategy, as well as having a better understanding of what brand campaigns are actually successful in driving sales. So for example... Uh, when when we started working early on together, John, one of the most exciting um, strategies that we were able to put together was investing in celebrities. So I would say in the summer of 2020, it was very common for beauty brands to focus just on micro-influencers. But with our work with John, Trussell, and team, we, we were able to discover like, hey, actually, consumers that interact with True Botanicals um, and a celebrity campaign are more likely to come back and spend a lot more money over time. Yeah, I could see. I'm just seeing Laura Dern on your page. That's she's such a great actress. That's so cool. Like, and I guess with like your your background on the on LinkedIn, especially John, you've got this idea of a social graph as well, where you can kind of match up different data points from people that might not be exactly related to the purchase, but allow you to really hone in on finding better customers in the future. That's right. And then you, when you look at e-commerce, <clears throat> it's also a graph, right? You have a graph between, you know, stores and its customers by connected by products, right? That's how I look at, you know, things. You tend to, when you stay in a graph for a long time, you tend to look at things as a graph. And so it's really about mapping out, um, for example, like the next purchase, the purchase sequence, and then the timing between different products to basically inform, you know, our, our marketing teams and our brand teams around strategy, um, you know, things like cohort, Things like I remember one of the questions that Tran had early on was like about subscriptions, right? She's like, "Well, I just want to know, you know, on which order are people likely to to churn? For example, maybe like are they canceling on the second, the third, or the fourth order?" And so we did like a whole analysis around every subscriptions, cancel dates, and like orders, and looking at CLV, and then we basically determined that number. And so with this data, she was able to like really massage and change that program around, which I think led to some of that uh, 4x growth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Th that analysis was absolutely incredible for helping us relaunch our subscriptions program as the True Beauties membership. John, to your point, understanding when subscribers churn, what products that, you know, they're most excited about and spending the most money on. We redefined our entire membership program and we also created an extensive email drip automated email series based on some of the data from Trussell. Um, subscription is, is such a hot topic on this podcast. People talk about it all the time. And just really understanding how much of this subscription is really driving your business and how much of it is, is individual purchases. And all this data exists on Shopify. It's there. But to actually like, you know, to your point of, of, of making it tell a story, 
that's where the difficulty is, is you have to pull all this data out. You've got to get it into a, like a SQL database or something. And people just aren't generally, you know, with the democratization of e-commerce, that's great. You can get your business up and running. But as we're saying, you don't have these data science teams that can kind of make sense of this data. The other cool thing that's about your platform is sort of like how it sort of works to work across your team so that your team can kind of make sense of it. Your team who is probably not data scientists, maybe they're not SQL database people, but they know they have questions and they know, you know, they, they can basically, they want to find these answers. But how is your platform, John, designed in order to let people kind of have these conversations and, and really kind of unearth this, the, these findings? First of all, the, we designed it to be very, um, we always say we were making segmentation easy for, for e-commerce and D2C, right? And we want to have a, a very simplistic, beautiful design that is compassionate for our basically marketing team, right? Like who's our, who are, who's our main target users, right? I want to make sure that they can come in and they can, for the most part, self-serve their questions, right? Like and build uh, segmentation and insights uh, directly in the platform without having to wait for data scientist support or data analyst support and we sort of eliminate that turnaround time so that it's, it's almost immediate, like they can actually see results really, com really coming back really fast. Um, it's like marketers are not data scientists, right? Like we should not be asking them to write SQL queries and, you know, these XMLs or like these like visualizations and ask them to define these metrics. It just doesn't make any sense. And a lot of the tools on the market is asking them to do this exact same thing. It's just not productive for anybody. And so we wanted to everything, no code, everything is basically like point and click. Right, like with our product journey, for example, like we just literally create all the sequence of product purchases going from the first and second to third order, and you can just point and click, pick your date range, pick your segment, the data refreshes and it's just live. And then so people can do, um, explore the data and see it for themselves. And I think that's where the magic happens is that you connect the data to the creativity of a marketing team, and then you know, like you create really well executed campaigns, right? Especially with fact-based data to support that. Incrementality is a thing we talk about all the time on the podcast. And so people have all these different marketing efforts they'll do. They'll, they'll be whitelisting, they'll have influencers, they'll be doing, you know, celebrity endorsements, things like that. And I think people often will have this sense of like, okay, when I do these things, my revenue goes up. That's great. But I guess what your tool and trend, your example, is that it really allows you to follow all the way through and say, okay, when someone comes in through a Laura Dern ad or something, they're more likely to have a higher brand affinity, have a higher LTV. That's how it works. Exactly. And I think there's something really special happening there, John, where Trestle makes brand marketing and data science, you, you guys bring it really beautifully together. And I feel very strongly that the marketers of the future are going to have to balance both human empathy, so that's like the brand side, and analytical rigor, which is the data science. And that's how you, you really drive transformational business results, like True Botanicals. So what about Q4? What 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 sort of learnings? And so we've talked a lot about like what what you've learned. Then what what sort of actions do you take on this data? So can you give me an example of something you kind of learned in the in the first part of the year uh, from maybe Trestle from the segmentation that you're really doubling down on or that you really want to see see grow in Q4? Yeah, I would say in the past it was understanding which products had the highest CLV and then figuring out how to merchandise those products. So for example, if I see a moisturizer. Um, have really high CLV alongside um, a serum. I'm, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll bundle these together uh, for my Q4 holiday strategy. One area that I'm really excited about with Trestle is its CRM capabilities. So we're looking to really blow this out in Q4, Q1 2023, understanding what the replenishment cycle is in between products, 
which customers have the highest CLV, which customers are most likely to churn. And we're building all of these incredible automated email strategies based off of the data available in Trustle. And are you also building just from the ad side of things? Are you, you know, when you are, you know, find you build your segments of your most valuable customers, are you then feeding that data back into paid social platforms to create lookalike audiences and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that one of the biggest challenges and headwinds for the direct-to-consumer industry is iOS 14. Its sweeping privacy changes have made it so much harder to grow new customers profitably and CACs have been skyrocketing everywhere. But because of the data that we see in Trestle, because of the high CLV audiences, we can power it back into um, our paid social platforms, Facebook campaigns, um, and so forth. And so uh, we're really excited about all of those capabilities. And so you mentioned a few of the tools that you were exploring before you you launched into Trestle. What are some of the tools, maybe John, what are some of the tools that you feel Trestle kind of replaces, aside from an expensive uh, data team? I would just say that, and I'm, I'm not here to uh, make enemies, but what I would say is that a lot of the enterprise tools that we are being marketed to, our, our brands are being marketed to, are likely not the right fit, mostly because of what it's designed for, right? I think the for the most part, our brands need all the data under one roof, right? That's what they need. It's like that kind of uh, what Alloy is doing for supply chain is basically what they, we need to happen for like Shopify and D2C is to bring your e-commerce metrics, your marketing engagement, maybe some of your infantry and uh, operational logistics stuff, plus your digital advertising, sort of all that data under one roof so that you can actually have a unified customer view and also just operate your business with like sort of one single goal, right? Like you don't have to toggle and tweak with like filtering here and there and figure out how to like one person needs to figure out how to use 20 apps and then when somebody leaves and then this logic gets outdated and then you know things fall far apart that's that tends to happen right because that's just how you know that's just how how, how business works and so i think that for anyone who's basically working in this space would have to basically look at overhead maintenance costs how much engineering resources does it require and then you know how much um, you know integration or the migration efforts are is, is required. Like those four things are so crucial for for our customers, right? And that's kind of why they would choose to go with you know a service like segments because it saves them time, right? Like it just just no engineering required, no no migration efforts required. You get started pretty within days, right? Not weeks. And then the the, the feedback is pretty immediate. We we empower a lot of um, collaboration on the platform itself. And just to add on like what Travis was saying there before, it's like we actually just launched the Shopify tag uh, sync as well. So now it's full circle. You can actually run an ad. Um, you know, let's say you have UTMs comes in through through Shopify. You will see it in segments. You tag the customers, and then you can create segments and then sync it back into Shopify. Right? So now you can actually even you know unlock Shopify flows or even downstream apps can pick up those tags, and that basically comes full full circle. What do you think is some of the lowest hanging fruit? I, you know, we have thousands of listeners of this podcast uh, that are probably in your, your target demographic. What do you think they're missing? And what, do you, what are the lowest hanging fruit sort of applications within the first you know, couple of weeks once you're up and running on Trestle? I know Tran, I think it's probably like looking at this top of mind, but like I know um, we have a we're working with one, one, of, one of the person on their team, email marketing person who literally mapped out all of their customer touch points, right? And so with that, 
now that we can go back and look at all the different um, segmentation strategies that we offer out of the box, right? For example, uh, we have classical RFM segmentation uh, that is built using your stores data um, with um, you know statistical models on backend, plus um, you know any create any behavioral segments, product-based segments, post-purchase flows based on different products, you know lifecycle timings. Those are all the things that like are are basically people out of the box that um, could be readily synced and leveraged. So. That's what I typically uh, recommend to the most brands to start there if they haven't built flows and you know if they have relied on mostly, for example, Clavio defaults and all these flows that come out of the box. That's where I was sort of guide them towards. And that resonates with you, Tran, in your experience. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially with rising CACs and with advertising get, getting harder and harder, it's more important to focus on your first party strategy and your email flows. Tran, I'm curious right now if we were to give you a fifty thousand dollar grant to be put towards your marketing, uh, where would you put that in your budget to see the biggest impact? Oh, the the automated email flows for sure. Again, it has the highest ROI. It's it's almost like um, buying real estate. You drive revenue while you're sleeping. And so I would say um, our automated email flows, which we're working on right now. And those are all custom based on the entry point that people of the 30 products that you have, you have different automated flows based on what entry point they come into. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we basically sat down and looked at our entire customer journey, whether they came into True Botanicals as a one-time purchase or as a subscription product, it's this entire crazy diagram. And then we where we are literally building out our email flows um, from that using Trestle data and then syncing back those segments into Clavio. And then you can see which of them bears the most fruit kind of long-term for, for CLV. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and our goal in the future is um, to drive more revenue from our automated email journeys versus our, our marketing campaigns simply because you're working smarter, not harder. Um, and um, it frees up a lot of design resources from our team as well. And then, John, so Trestle is the main brand and Segment is the first product. Are there other uh, platforms or other sort of tools on your roadmap that you're you're kind of building out in the background? Uh, not new products per se, but like definitely a lot more product roadmap features uh, for segments. We like to think of ourselves as like a, like a data CRM where it's actually directly for e-commerce, right? Where it's not, um, it is for... Uh, direct to consumer for e-commerce, it's not going to be um, difficult, right? Like like some of the CDPs will require a lot of setup time. And so for us, it's really about continuing to include the new data sources to connect to, um, to that can bring in-house. So for example, we're we're launching a, an Amazon connection pretty soon. So now you will be able to, like a lot of our customers have Shopify and Amazon. And so now that they, they'll be actually ha- be able to look at all of their business in under one roof, right? So bringing the Amazon uh, interface. We're launching uh, TikTok actually, I think this week. So now TikTok, you will be able to actually sync segments uh, into TikTok to then also run uh, targeted campaigns, right? But like these are the channels that we are, it's very important to us is because the more integrations we add, it, the more channels and potential revenue we unlock for our brands. And so first and foremost, those integrations are super important. And then the ability to segment across multiple channels. I think that's the that's where the, the magic happens. It's like to bring in the engagement and kind of fulfilling sort of what we were building at LinkedIn, right? Like I would love to be able to segment across, you know, SMS, email, Facebook, you know, all these different data points that are coming in and then having that one segmentation engine to be able to segment across all those things. Um, you know, so to fulfill our mission, right? To make segmentation easy for, for retail and e-commerce. It's, it's, it's kind of like, 
what we're here to do, I think. That's every marketer's dream to have a single view of the customer and to be able to show them the right message at the right time for the right channel too. And a lot of people um, that I talk to on this podcast are increasingly integrating sort of offline channels as well. So whether it's advertising via maybe podcasts or or billboards or or things like that, is there is there a place for customers to be tagged with you know who come in from those non digital channels as well and, and keep an eye on their customer journeys? Yeah. So for the the data that mostly directly feeds in are mostly from I would say like a like a Shopify POS, right? Like the, those do the flag directly in from Shopify. Um, and so when you make a online purchase and offline purchase, then they are able to like tie you together. For a lot of the other, you know, I mean, I think it's you still rely on UTMs a lot of times for for those you know offline billboard campaigns and all these things. Like the the links definitely need to be tagged. Um, with the proper UTM, you know, even showing the URL, so that when they people do come in that uh, from that channel, you have some digital trace of like that customer's journey, right? Um, that's you know, there's no no better, or there might be better ways in the future, but for now, I think this is still a, a more reliable way of uh, capturing some of the offline traffic, right? So, gift cards in stores, memberships in stores, all those things are still very very useful. It's the same thing. It was like, welcome, you know, give me your email for 10% off, right? It's the same, right? Like, as long as you have that VIP card or anything that you're walking around with, anytime you zip that, you, know, you, you leave a trace and then we are able to actually understand your journey better. Trent, can you talk a little bit about the marketing mix for True Botanicals? Like when it comes to, let's just talk, you know, obviously you have a big focus on returning customers through your email and SMS programs, but when it comes to your top of funnel on external platforms, what does is, is your marketing mix look like today? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. I think that like any direct-to-consumer brand, we have a big budget towards Facebook ads, Google search, that's typically table stakes. But with iOS 14 sweeping privacy changes, as it's gotten harder and harder to advertise on Facebook, it's been more important than ever for us to diversify our marketing mix. So we've been actually testing on TikTok, Reddit, and we also do TV advertising. How are the early dividends? Reddit is is a, just a total mystery to me for making it work. My understanding is is the organic side of it is so important to to making Reddit work, to having an organic presence, having organic content. How how is the ad side of of Reddit working? Um, I would say it's still too early for us to tell. We we actually just launched it, so um, the results so far are promising. But again, it's still too early to tell. And then I think with other new channels like TikTok, you have to kind of see it as not just TikTok in its own silo, but how it helps all the other channels as well. So for example, with some of the new diversified marketing channels that we've launched in, one thing that we've noticed is that we've seen an increase in branded query searches for True Botanicals. So that has been really promising for us. Very cool. And are you on Amazon? Yeah, we're on Amazon. And again, that's the same thing. Whenever you're putting more money into your top of funnel on these other channels, having that catch-all on a place like Amazon. So when people are searching there, you get the benefit of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We've definitely seen a positive correlation across um, our TV advertising, all of our marketing channels, and then the increased demand that we get in our wholesale uh, retailers like Amazon and Nordstrom. So if users want to know more about Trestle, they go to Trestle.co. Any any other advice for for brands out there? Also, John, like who who is Trestle for the most? Like who is who is your ideal customer uh, who might be listening to this podcast right now? So I would say, like, we've done really well for Shopify brands, um, you know, lifestyle brands, um, beauty, fashion, um, health, you know, pet, 
um, basically brands that have a lot of uh, incrementality, right? Like it's just they have a ton of SKUs and they have a lot of repurchase potential with the customers, you know, with a you know relatively short turnaround cycle for a next purchase, right? Because like, you know, with a um, a beauty brand or like a food and bev, like it's typical to have less than 10 weeks of turnaround for, for some of their products. And so that turns into five or six purchases in the year, right? And so that you can see uh, results pretty quickly and, and with like a, you know, a decent size of uh, number of customers. So I would say we, we have really good stickiness with brands around, probably start after $2 millions, $2 million in annual GMV with about like, I would say like 20 to 50,000 of customer. That's kind of like the, the minimum to make some of the segmentation work more beautifully. But we have a lot of uh, bigger customers, you know, like Tran and, and other customers as well that are like just pushing us to, to the limits, right? And just giving us, um, you know, a lot of really good questions and helping push, generate the, the prod roadmap as well. So um, really appreciative of that. Just one other question that kind of popped into my mind. I've just seen a lot of buzz lately from uh, this agency, the agency that I'm partnered with, as well as just on Twitter. I saw Jones Road Beauty talking about it today, uh, about whitelisting, about actually running campaigns from from whitelisted uh, handles on on social media platforms. Is that something you're doing a lot of? Yeah, whitelisting is a strategy that absolutely works, um, not just for True Botanicals, but from friends that I've talked to in the D2C community, it works for them as well. Are there any other, you know, we always like to use this podcast as like a manifestation platform. Are there any other celeb, I don't know a lot of celebrities listen to it. It's a lot of marketers, but I'm just curious, like who in your mind, is there anyone else out there who would be like your ideal influencer, your ideal influencer to bring in? Oh my God. I'm, I'm obsessed with Blake Lively. If if you know who she is. Um, I know who Blake is. I'm obsessed with her husband. I'm trying to get him on the podcast because he's a D2C guy with Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm obsessed with her. I'm I'm obsessed with Ryan Reynolds. Um, Ryan Reynolds actually owns his own advertising company. So I I know they did um, a quick turnaround advertisement for Peloton just a few months ago. So if we could have Blake Lively, I would just fall to my knees. She's so relatable, gorgeous, aspirational skin. I'd love to have her as an influencer. Okay, so you get Blake. I'll get. Actually, I want Blake too because she's also in the e-commerce. She's got her own brands as well, right? So I want. I want both of them on the podcast. Okay. And I'll get them over to you, so we, we can make that happen. And then, John, any any ideal brands out there that you'd love to bring onto the platform that you, you're sort of eyeing up? Well, I mean, that's that's a tough one. I mean, there's a lot of um, really amazing brands, but like, I think uh, I think Trent was talking about Rihanna and Fenty Beauty. That would be really cool, right? I mean, some of these uh, tremendous uh, successful brands, I think they must have uh, a ton of data and a lot of more interesting things that we can uncover. And so that would be, I think, super relatable as like a very successful singer celebrity turned, you know, business mogul, right? Like, I think this is just, um, you start to see a lot of that nowadays. And what I believe is you can never have enough data support, (laughs) you know? And so uh, we're here. Um, you know, if anyone's listening, uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to exclude anyone because, like, I honestly think that we'd love to work with a lot of our um, smaller merchants as well, like sub million. You know, we still help them out with their data and all this analytics because they need a lot of love too. You know, it's it's it, data is hard. It's not easy. Like, I mean, even. As a data scientist myself, sometimes I look at a dashboard full of numbers and I kind of want to puke, you know, it's like, I don't even know what's going on here. And so it's the most common thing people say to me on, on our calls is like, hey, just like, I would love to know what to do, right? Like, I'm not a data scientist. 
So I don't know if I'm missing something here, right? So just help me connect the dots. Tell me what are some best next actions that I should be doing. Um, you know, what are the things? How do I get started? I think that's really the, like, that makes me want to get out of bed, right? Like continue to focus and build on the product because I feel like there's so much more opportunity for the entire Shopify ecosystem, the entrepreneurs uh, that are you know, creating new cool ideas, right? Like, <clears throat> who knows? Like maybe there'll be the next year, all birds, you know, for the photo, I don't know. And Trent, just like you're saying, you know, you're putting a big focus on on the back end and and returning customers. It's like people are sitting on this value. You know, they they have this value. If they're not if they're not segmenting their customers in this way, it's it's an opportunity for found revenue. It's an opportunity to make more from what they already have and maybe aren't maximizing, right? So, and I feel like that's the big theme uh, heading into this unsure economy in Q4 and kind of what's happening is finding ways to just maximize. Um, your conversion, your LTV, all these things. And so tools like Trestle are, are super valuable for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have to say this, we checked out a lot of data science platforms and Trestle was head and shoulders above everything else. Not only did it give me the data that I needed to inform my marketing strategy, but it was just beautiful, easy to use. I could take screenshots of some of the cohort analysis reports or repeat rates and just share that with you know my boss and the team. It, it's it's amazing. Everyone should go out and use Trestle. Well, that's a great testimonial. John, what do you want people to do? People listening to this, they're intrigued by Trestle. You want them to just go fill out a form. You want them to email you. What do you, what do you suggest? I mean, we're on the Shopify app store. And so, um, you know, it's exclusive for Shopify um, as of right today. And so, you know, you can go to Shopify app store and search segments uh, and you'll find us. It's basically just on apps.shopify.co, you know, slash uh, segments. And our website is trestle.co. Um, they can also, e- you know, find me on LinkedIn or Twitter as well. And so it's just Johnny Chow uh, 314. That's Pi. Uh, sorry for being <laughs> a little bit. You're a data curious. scientist. Yeah. You've got to be. Yeah. You've got to be data. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I would say that. What I see when I see our customers use our product, the you know sometimes they go on hours on end, right? And 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 that makes me really excited because what I see them doing is just they have a an inkling, right? They have an idea of like, oh, maybe I want to see if people do this, right? And then they add a filter, and then they see the data come back, like, oh, well, maybe that maybe not so much, too small. They change that filter around, they do something else, right? And then they go through this iterative, like, human data mining process, sort of like figuring out what the different segments that they want to build until they're really happy with that mix, the viability of that campaign, you know, the size is good, the response, you know, email click open rates, and the CLV, I feel like they're looking for those three, Things and then once that looks good, they save it and then they sync it to the different channels, like they email to Facebook, Google. Um, that's the part that I get most excited about because what we've just done is we've just unlocked one person's creativity, right? Like they can just go in and they can just generate dozens of segments on their own without any help, right? Without any person sort of having to wait around and sort of you know giving answers back from SQL, because that's that's what kills productivity is like, oh, I have this question, you know, like I have to wait for someone else to give me some results from the database using SQL. And then I forget, I move on to something else. And then this thing never gets built, right? Like, I think that's the part that I'm, I'm most happy with is just seeing people go crazy for hours on, on our second builder. Is that you, Tran? Are you, do you go crazy, like looking at the clouds and, and telling stories? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we go crazy in Trestle, translating science into art. That's yeah, awesome. exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's leave it there. Thank you both for coming on the D2C podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. 
If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.